The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Hoop Ball Celtics podcast presented by Hoop Ball. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury. You can also find me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions. That's B A L L I N O P I N I O N S. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at Hoop Ball Celtics for anything Celtics related or Celtics need. All right, guys, we're here after the Celtics drop a game to Portland. And in a game that really had all of us hold our breath as we saw our two best players collide together against each other. Um, just uh, just a, a tragic scene there at the end. Thankfully, um, both of them look like they're going to be okay from it. it. looks like Jason Tatum's already back at full practice. And Jalen Brown is considered day-to-day with an ankle injury. So it's good news we're there. So they take the 10-point loss to Portland. Really was a, a close game, a nail-biter all the way to the end. Um, Portland just did a lot more to, to pull away. So we're going to talk about that Portland game as well as we are going to talk about the rest of the games left in the schedule and how far back they are from getting to that fourth seed. So, All right, let's just jump into it then. Sorry. This is going to be the second matchup between these teams as Boston was able to slip away with a 116-115 win in Portland on April 13th. Portland uh, is currently on a was on a three game winning streak, and Boston was on a two game win streak. So Portland was able to extend their win streak to four after beating the Celtics one twenty nine to one nineteen in this one. Um, going into it early, I thought Portland was just carving out the Celtics and, and hitting any type of shot they really wanted to. They were getting to positions of the court where it didn't matter. There's no resistance on on Celtic side, and then um. Some good things that we did see in that beginning was I really liked that Fournier was getting his shot going on early. And he showed a lot of confidence in this one. It still looks like he's trying to figure out the offense and see where he's supposed to be on the court, but just a great overall game from him to see him step up here and, and show that he's uh, he's still got something to prove and he's also starting to hit down shots, which is really what Boston has been needed a lot lately. Um, I did think that the Celtics start off this game a little too nostalgic. They were just kind of eh, whatever about it. And Portland just jumped on their necks and, and kind of just took a lead from there. Uh, I did think that Brad Stevens also let let the Celtics play through a, a tough stretch. Players look at him at one point, uh, expecting him to call a timeout. However, Brad just let them, them play on and... As they were able to get some them stops and score, it was it was a nice little thing that Brad Stevens shows like, hey man, we're not always gonna have timeouts to bail you guys out. So he let them play through it. They ended up getting a stop and a score, and then the other forcing Portland to actually take a, a timeout, which was pretty impressive. Thought it was a good highlight moment for Brad Stevens there. Uh, Portland started on this game on a twelve to four run, and the Celtics just really turned it up and turn up the flames and then they went on a little 20 to 11 run as a response to that one so it's just a game of runs right you know you, you just gotta tough it out through 
those long ones when you're not on the right end and, and just hope that the bleeding stops. And once that bleeding starts to stop, now it's your turn to cause a lot, you know, and, and I think the Celtics did a good job of that early on in this game. Uh, let's see. The Celtics offense finishes the, the, the first quarter pretty well. Um, they definitely were on a better higher note than how they started off. And also thought Portland bounced back and, and then took a lead after one quarter with a with a buzzer beater from McCollum, which was pretty nice. So the Boston Celtics were able to pull away from Portland for a second. Portland ended up coming back, and then you had uh, McCollum there hit that, that shot just right before the time expired for the buzzer beater. And then um, Boston was just trading threes to start up that second quarter. Second quarter was just both teams hot, hot, hot. Shooting, you know, blues out here. You got a bunch of people just not missing shots. You're like, oh no, here we go again with like the Spurs game where everybody's just hot, and um, it was it was just a bunch of threes being traded. I did notice though in that second that uh, Neesmith Neesmith just just got to be better at not getting baited into silly fouls. Like I feel like a lot of the times he does get himself in foul troubles. It's like three of the fouls are definitely pretty silly on on that part so kind of just want to see that part of him improve other than that he's really been amazing lately as far as his production i thought tonight it was no uh no short of of that as well i thought he did a good job again just that's three now games in a row that i feel like aaron smith has played a consistent level and a really helpful level of gameplay so I also thought that uh, both teams playing pretty well defensively. It's just the offenses have just been too too much. They're, like I feel like both teams' offenses were just hitting shots on all levels. They were hit, whether it was in the mid range, whether it was a layup, a dunk, a three pointer, uh, one step inside the three pointer, a sidestep coming off the pick and roll. Um, it was it was tough. It was a really tough offensive stretch where both teams were just killing it, and the defenses couldn't do anything about it. So. I thought Tatum um, just continued his role as he, you know, dropped a historical amount, of 60 back in against the Spurs in the last game, and he uh, continued with 22 points with uh, six minutes and 12 seconds left in that second quarter. Uh, I think Paint Pritchard also came in during that second quarter, which is a huge boost. I thought he did a lot right there for the for the Celtics, and then they just went into half, you know, and Portland was shooting 54 percent, Celtics were shooting 52 percent. Teams were just hot tonight, you know. They were hitting their shots, hitting the buckets. Defenses couldn't do anything on either side of the ball. And uh, it, it really was a, an issue uh, to try and get some stops together. And it ultimately led to the Portland Trailblazers making more shots at the end of the game. And I think, too, um, halftime, you know, you had 24 points from Tatum, 12 points from Brown. Great job right there. Both teams had 71 points going into half. Like this game was on projection to go way high scoring. So, seeing that Tatum and Brown only had 36 of the team's 71 was encouraging, especially with Kemba Walker out. It means they were getting contributions from guys like Fournier and and Neesmith, who Fournier at halftime was 4 4 from the field, 10 points. Neesmith was 3 3 with 9 points, all three pointers. Snipered, you know these these two together combined for a total of twenty three points off the bench just for Boston. That's just two players. That doesn't count even Peyton Pritchard and everything. So I, I thought that was just amazing job by the bench unit really stepping up and helping out the the two stars on the team. Right. Then we jumped into that third quarter and 
the sloppy turnovers were, were there evident right away for Boston as they hopped out of that halftime. And just really, they, they went into half with seven of them, and Portland only had two. So that was just a big difference maker. It's like we, we stay tight with these teams, but we always have more turnovers by a lot. And it's just struggling struggling for them to to really feel the need to address that a lot more. They need to have more ball security on this team. I'm sure in practice that's what they preach. Brad Stevens probably got that on every memo. Is like ball security, ball security, ball security. But uh, it just wasn't. It just hasn't been a thing lately, and it's kind of a trend for the season on on the Celtics. It doesn't matter who's in the lineup; they can't control the ball. So, got to come together here and make sure to have that ball security. I also saw um, the offense in this game. I just thought it was kind of like a video game. Uh, it was just like if you ever play 2K, there's a, a slider on there that you can turn, and it's like 100 or 99 or something out of there. You'd have to forgive me not knowing the exact number, but you set it all the way up, and your your guy just makes a shot no matter what unless he's blocked, and it's just that's how tonight's game kind of was as far as shooting went. And the third quarter, it continued, you know. And then Fournier continued to hit shots. He went 6-6 six six with five minutes left in that third quarter um, from the field. Uh, Portland ended up eventually jumping out to their lead of 94-85 to 85 with uh, 529 left in that third quarter. So they were starting to pull away from Boston. And then Neesmith ends up checking in and getting an offensive tip in, swinging some energy. And next thing you know, Boston's able to come within five points going into the fourth quarter. The bench was shooting 11 of 12 from the field after three quarters as well, which is huge from the bench. The fact the bench was playing so well and, and we couldn't take a lead into that fourth quarter was kind of worrisome. But Tatum came out of that fourth quarter. He was aggressive. He was attacking the basket, not selling to open to open the fourth you know fourth quarter. He was just kind of had his eyes was like, I'm going to the rim and I'm forcing stuff to happen. I'm going to force the refs to make calls. I'm going to do this. You know, be aggressive have that initiation, and that's Jason Tatum that you know has been part of the second half. A big reason for why he's been able to score at such a high level is because he's starting from the inside working out, and he just kind of, once he's kind of gets in that mode, it's like step back and watch and enjoy. You're going to watch uh, a great player just kind of kill defenses at all levels, pick them apart, can make the pass out of double teams, can score at three levels, gets the rim, finishes strong, hits at the line efficiently, hits mid-range good, can post up, fade away, can hit um, three-pointer shots, shoot off the dribble from the three. It's Jason Tatum is flourishing into his role as the superstar of this team. And game by game, we are watching him get better and better. And it's just been it's been a, a wonderful ride, to say the least. And then Neesmith was real was really good and he he can he can shoot. Neesmith is real. I, I just want to let people know Neesmith is real. Neesmith is very real. He's started to play with some extreme confidence. His defensive effort of lately has just been, just been impressive. Like his potential on the defensive side of the ball is insane. Control that ball of energy. I'm telling you, he's like a baby smart right now. Like you're molding him to be smart, to next smart. You know, so when smart's on the team, then you got him, and then have him do the same thing for the next guy coming in. So, um, I think Neesmith is a is a great talent here on this team. I'm glad that we still have him on a team, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does with a full offseason. I think there's a lot he can do and learn and, and really work on his game in a in a good amount of time to do so. 
Um, refs called off a, a tip-in that wasn't offensive interference, and Portland hits a back-to-back threes after to extend the lead to seven points. Just over six minutes left in that fourth quarter. Just a huge pivotal moment. moment. Uh, refs ended up calling off a tip-in where Thompson clearly had the ball outside of the cylinder, and they called it offensive interference, um, basketball above the cylinder, when it definitely wasn't. Uh, then was told that Brad Stevens was told after the game that he tried to challenge it, but it wasn't in time to challenge it. So right there, just a really disappointing moment. Huge swing for Portland. And they end up going down seven. Um, I thought Fournier had a huge defensive play at the 417 mark, resulting into an easy Tatum layup. Good job on that end. I love the way that Fournier has now given us the ability to really play a super switchable defense again, like when we had Hayward. We have three guys that can really switch from three to four, really, on this team that can switch one through one through five. And it's just been amazing to see this team kind of get that that look again and and when they're getting healthier and healthier um they, they play this game without Kemba Walker they're so close to being fully healthy and and there's only seven games left I know but I hope that they get at least like four or three games I want to see this team full health just a few games before the playoffs so I feel a lot better um but yeah Marcus Smart was ejected with a minute and 56 second left in the game on a questionable call uh, Marcus Smart was fighting through a screen and his arm happened to hit the the balls of the opposing screener and the crazy part is the screener got called for an offensive foul so he got ejected from a call that was an offensive foul which was just kind of interesting I thought because if you did have an offensive foul, it means you probably were doing something you shouldn't have. So if my arm accidentally hit you somewhere, it shouldn't have been there. And that's why you got a foul for it. So seeing that they gave him also a gave him offensive foul, but then end up giving uh, Marcus Smart the ejection, which is kind of a weird scenario. Um, then down that stretch, uh, bad defense left Mello open for a wide open three, follow with a, a Tatum turnover that... That leads to two points on the other end. And then this game just got ugly. And then around the 40-second mark of left in the fourth quarter, Tatum and Brown just clashed into each other. And then both end up leaving the game, making us all worried and um, concerned with it. Jalen Brown definitely looked like he was in way more pain than Jason Tatum. And it makes sense now, too, as it comes out uh, today. It is Tuesday when I'm recording this. And Tatum has now been full practice go for tomorrow against Orlando and then Jalen Brown is day-to-day and likely out tomorrow with his ankle so just things to monitor as the days kind of progress on and stuff so but uh, I thought the Boston Celtics did did a lot of good things uh defensively they they weren't really good but offensively this was a good confidence game for a lot of players like I think Aaron Neesmith has been gaining that confidence, which is important down the stretch here. 
I thought Tatum, you know, getting more aggressive and, and really seeing the results of being the guy who drives and makes the officials really call something, seeing that level of growth in him is has been really impressive uh, down the stretch. And overall, the bench unit, you know, we got Fournier finally hitting these shots and we're getting into a groove, and hopefully we can see what this team looks like uh, fully healthy a couple games as we, as we prepare for these, these postseason, you know. And speaking of the postseason, uh, it's seven games away left in this regular season. So Boston is a game and a half back from fourth. We're currently the seventh seed right now. Uh, so it's very important that the Celtics take every remaining game super serious because it can really determine whether we're in the play-in or not. So... It's going to be very interesting here down the stretch. The next seven games we have are going to be at Orlando, at the Bulls. Then the Heat come to Boston for two games uh, in a three-day stretch. Then the last three of the games, Boston will be on the road going against the Cavs, the Wolves, and the Knicks. So... The next one is, you know, should be highlighted right there, and the two Heat games should be highlighted because that's where you can start making. That's where it's a plus one, minus one in that in that little area because New York is the team now, um, actually three games ahead of them, and Miami is one game ahead. So that's just a very crucial series, and then you also got Atlanta there in the mix that the Celtics are one and a half games behind as well. So uh, a lot to look at, a lot to look out for. Um, Boston definitely doesn't want to sit there in that seventh seed. I believe they want to not, they prefer not to play in the play-in. So we're going to see how, how that progresses here throughout, um, the rest of the season. Uh, I, I do think it's very important that they do try to, they definitely should have, uh, tried to avoid Brooklyn in round one. So I don't know if landing at, at number seven is really going to be fun. Uh, and then also think that, uh, they much rather faces uh, a Milwaukee team or a, a Philly team if they can. Ideally, is what I would think Boston would want to do in in the scenario of event the playoffs. You know, I mean, it would be cool if we were able to slip in that fourth seed and or even that fifth seed, and we play New York or Atlanta. That would be like the best situation possible. But I don't know if that's the most realistic thing to happen um, with these remaining games left. So. But yeah, overall, man, uh, Celtics, you know, they're, they're playing games a lot differently than they did in the first half, and it's resulting in some wins and stuff. So um, seeing how that they're playing better as they're getting healthier leads me to some encouraging thoughts that things are should be still expecting like some type of result from, from this season. I think you can... I think the Celtics can definitely get to like the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that is possible. Yeah, I also do think it it depends on which road they go through the playoffs and who they got to go through because it has a big you know factor into things. And I do think uh, Boston has a lot of good talent on the roster. The thing is, when one person goes down, there's just too much to make up for a team that's so thin when it when somebody goes down. So. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. These are my thoughts. Uh, 
Remember, you can follow the show at Twitter at Hoopball Celtics for anything Celtics related, for show drops, talk about the game while the game's going on. You tweet at me, whatever. You can also tweet at my personal account. That is at Ballin Opinions. That's B A L L I N I O P I N I O N S. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys today. Make sure to hit that like, five star rating, leave a review wherever you are listening to this from. Um, I appreciate your support, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody has a, a great rest of their day. Bye.